Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast, we are discussing Cloak and Dagger Season 2, Episodes 7 and 8, Viking Town Sound, and Two-Player. All that right after this. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. How you doing, Jeff? Man, oh, I did it again. I've been trying not to do that man thing when I when I start off. Oh no! But you be you, man. You be you. Okay, yeah. Man, the show is so freaking good. Yeah. I have been just like every single week when it's time for Cloak and Dagger. When yeah. you know Cloak and Dagger drafts on Hulu, I'm just like, all right, here we go. I, you know, get ready, sit my butt down on the couch. I'm like, all right, I am not paying attention to anything else but this because this show deserves it. Yeah, man, I totally agree. I'm totally in agreement. I think the show has been great. It's even getting to the point where I think it might be too good. Right? Um, it's got no business being as good as it is being on the Freeform Network. Well, and you know, we say that. The Freeform Network is new. It's not like they... It's can't. rebranded ABC Family. Well, yeah, but it's, you know, it's new. They're trying something new. It's not like <laughs> maybe Freeform, all their content is going to be great. But... <laughs> Let's hope. I... My my thing is, I think that Cloak and Dagger might be getting a little too esoteric at times. I was super impressed a few episodes ago. Uh, the last episode we talked about, which I guess was episode six. Besides, uh, yeah. When he's flipping her records and making her sad. And it all represented memories. I felt like we were really – it was very clear what the records did in that in that episode it was also very clear that that was him entering her mind and her mind was the record store and it was also her mind that um that last episode happened in i thought when she went into the mall you know so i thought all that stuff the record store in the mall was all inside of tandy like that's tandy's representation of whatever this mystical world is that's inside of uh tyrone that's what i yep. thought but then these last yeah. few subsequent episodes have thrown that all out of whack. Yeah, yeah. It By has. the way, full spoiler alert: we're talking about Cloak and Dagger. If you're not caught up, don't listen. Uh, or, or <laughs> still listen. Simple as that. If you just like hearing us talk, which <laughs> I cannot tell you how much I appreciate. Um, so <laughs> I meant that fully sincerely. I feel like I sounded like an asshole. Um, yep. <laughs> it kind of was, but. Uh, because I know that you were serious and sincere about it, it makes it all the funnier. It's just like, you're sincerely an asshole. <laughs> right? You are very sincerely an asshole, and God, I love listening to it. Uh, Keep going. Okay. okay, so this these last few episodes, Tandy has not been involved, and they're still in the record store. It seems like the records are records of all those girls – but how does that exist? So is this world inside of Tyrone? I guess the dark dimension we're thinking? Yeah, as as far as I understand it, it's supposed to be that Tyrone opens a doorway to the dark dimension, but it's kind of with it's through himself that yes. he does it. So it's not inside of him. People aren't entering him in some sort of like inside of cloak somehow. They're <laughs> they are that I'm trying to avoid the obvious lowbrow jokes here. Um, people are going into him, not going into him. They're going through him to something that exists apart from him. And it's just the interactions with these records and these records players and this mall and now this arcade. Like all these things have been um, 
they've just been a, they've been a lot more extensive since these last two episodes. Like, yeah, you've, you've got um, somehow uh, the two versions of Bridget or Bridget and Mayhem in there, and they like coalesce and become one again, which is interesting. Um, I don't know if that had anything to do with them being in the dark dimension, but it seems like maybe. And then you've got the records, the door with the Loa uh, symbol written on it. Yeah, it's Veve. Yes. So there's all that. Um, and man, all the voodoo in this show, it's it's just all super interesting. I'm very interested in the the whole world building that they're doing, but I kind of wish it was a little more clear. It's almost, I almost feel like they're doing too much with that room. I wish they'd, some of these other people that have entered, maybe like if it had been represented differently, because I can't imagine that, obviously this mall is a representation that is um, for the people that are entered into it, because obviously this mall wasn't the representation of this dimension whatever 300 years ago or something like this is a this is a modern telling of whatever this tale they're trying to tell is right well it seems that this dimension is is kind of uh curated so to speak by papa legba and papa legba just kind of turns into whatever he needs to be for you to be able to to converse with him and and really uh have an understanding exactly with him. That, that, that's great, and I, that's why I kind of wish when other people entered, it was represented differently. Because it would also say, oh, give me a clearer idea of where we are and who we're, who, who is being controlled or who is being affected. Um, because when Mayhem's in there just breaking records, I guess, is, yep. is that what caused Tyrone to get sick? I, I don't think that's what caused him to, to be sick. I think it was that, uh, he had so much, um, so much kind of despair. It's like he was just, he had given up. He was like, you know what? This world is just so damned hard to live in. He just kind of gave himself over to the other side. Hmm. Like he was going through the portal that exists within himself almost. I don't know. It, 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 it's also, um, it reminds me of Doctor Who. <laughs> It kind of like this <laughs> okay. whole dark dimension is just kind of functioning however it needs to function for the story. And it all feels really emotional and it feels very grounded in a way. But I do like my science fiction and fantasy DC to have some sort of rules that's that I can grab onto so that I can understand actions. Like what okay. are what people are risking when they do certain things or what people are saying when they do certain things. Like I don't know that I'm fully understanding the rules of this universe. Well, you need to go and study just a little bit of voodoo. Um, <laughs> voodoo. Sorry, voodoo. Voodoo. No, like legit. My my lady at one point was interested in in voodoo and kind of like did, you know, just some some cursory study on it, just to you know find out what it's all about. And right. while we've been watching this, she has been dropping so much freaking knowledge on me, and like everything that she says about the voodoo in in the show gives so much more weight to the things that are happening with the voodoo. That's cool. I, I really, it makes me want to study up on voodoo just to understand the show, but it really does. That's not like, um, I was thinking that this episode, I was like, man, I want to know more about Papa Legba and what this Baron Soundy. Yeah. No idea nope. who any of these people, these beings are. <laughs> um, and then, and then you've always got, 
something that I like in my science fiction and fantasy as well is for the uh, – if there's going to be a religion like voodoo in this particular scenario, I like it to be – to walk the line between is it real or is it not? And this just dives right in like it's real unless – this voodoo is a portal to just some other dimension that we don't understand. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It's the, it's the Norse gods kind of interpretation. Exactly. These are just, maybe all of these beings, these Loas are beings in another dimension. Like I, I, I wish they were, I wish there was someone that was saying those things, you know, but they're all just kind of body in every, every character. Is body <laughs> they're just like, okay, yeah, sure. Voodoo. And sure. Between, between that and the Wiccan stuff on, uh, <laughs> on uh, runaways i feel like the the freeform television stuff is like trying to really push those like sort of like uh pagan religions or whatever <laughs> well the runaways is strictly hulu sir oh is it not freeform i thought it was on no freeform. it is not oh nope. okay well still hulu hulu all that hulu adjacent stuff um <laughs> all these teen marvel things yeah they're all going with the whole paganism it is a little weird right like that's 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 strange that they i <laughs> like the thing is marvel doesn't always do that i guess in these two stories they do um cloak and dagger and runaways both have those elements um but it's interesting that marvel is choosing to make as their teen television two things that are like sort of represent very representative of those pagan sort of religions uh it's interesting to me mostly as a kid who grew up in a super uh conservative christian home like my mom would not let me watch that if i was 12 or 13 you know like (laughs) she ripped up my magic cards when i was 12 or 13 you know she she would not be oh yeah she ripped up my magic cards that were like one of the first series of magic cards Um, i had like really early magic cards and she was like no no these are going in the trash um yeah so 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 I, so it's interesting to me because I know there are people that it's interesting they're not making a show that uh, I guess everyone could watch and may, maybe you could make a case that that's not that times have changed a little bit but I mean that was just not that long ago there's still definitely a lot of f- people who won't let their kids watch stuff like that you know <laughs> yeah see I ch- I chalk it up to uh, you know when you're a teenager you start to kind of rebel against your uh, against your authority figures and want to kind of like explore what else is out there and sure a lot of times you know kids turn to the the pagan ways and kind of you know start exploring the the various other cultures that have been you know throughout the world yeah yeah absolutely and i I definitely think as a teen you might think it's very cool and interesting especially if you grew up in a in a different religion or whatever yeah especially voodoo is is the word pagan is that offensive uh, no, that's that's just the term, right? But I, I okay. And I, this is this is me coming from a conservative Christian home. Uh, the word pagan, as far as I understand it, meant other than Christian, at least in like. I, or does that mean many gods? I, I'm I'm curious what the word term pagan actually like means. Like I have a sense of what it means, but I, as far as I understand it, pagan is really just. Uh, not one of the mainstream religions, and that you're, you're exactly right. Of, it's it's a, a person holding a pagan is a person holding religious beliefs other than those in main world religions. So it's not just Christian. It's a uh, <laughs> other terms: heathen, infidel. <laughs> yeah. Okay, those seem more offensive. <laughs> 
you're right. Pagan may be the best word for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all about your tone. It's all about your tone. Because heathen, uh, a lot of times, is used kind of jokingly about pagans from pagans. Right. Because, you know, I wear uh, a Mjolnir necklace, like, pendant every day. And there was a point where somebody came up to me and was like, are you a heathen? And I was like, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Interesting. You know, and I always thought heathen, the word heathen found its root in hedonism. Like, you are a hedonist, you are a seeker of pleasure, and not yeah. a seeker of uh, spiritual things. Like, that's what I thought heathen meant. Uh, yep. But I... I'm looking. I don't see that in any of the any of the uh, definitions of heathen. So that's maybe 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 it is somewhere in the somewhere in the history books. But it, it's it all about tone, man. It just it just says heathen is just someone who does not belong to a, one of the worldly religions or whatever main world religions. Anyway, that's all interesting stuff. So pagans, heathens, all over our free form. What do we think? <laughs> free form religion. <laughs> free. Freeform, the relig- the pagan religion channel. Uh, no, I'm just, I, I, you know, and, and again, I don't mind it. I find it very interesting. Um, but I, I guess I find it interesting from a Marvel perspective, like choosing to go there. Um, m- maybe it's what the kids are into these days. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, as we discussed, I don't know what kids are into these days. <laughs> if you if you look at the rest of the Marvel verse, there hasn't really been any sort of. Uh, any sort of religion to speak of, right? Like other than Daredevil, you know, being strictly Catholic. Yes. Uh, you know, there was there was the the Catholicism from there being Catholic school in the first season. Whatever. There's only one God, and he doesn't dress like that. <laughs> so we got we got we got yeah. at least at least at least a monotheist perspective from Captain America. I'm assuming right. just like straight up and down Christian, whatever. <laughs> Right. So, um. <laughs> you know, there's there's these little bits that aren't, like, beating you over the head with the religion. I mean, you could argue that maybe Daredevil is, but he, it's honestly, it doesn't feel like it. No, it um, doesn't. It feels like that's his religion. And that and, and so I guess I guess that actually makes me feel better about it. I was thinking I was thinking it was kind of strange that they were only focusing on those and, you know, none of the characters were just any of the main world religions. You know, it seemed like sort of uh, aggressively pushing the abnormal, you know, which is fine. I guess that's what makes it interesting. You just don't notice what you're used to. Honestly, people don't talk about religion in TV that often. Yeah. Like just period. So the fact that Luke Cage and, um, Daredevil have both talked a good bit about religion is interesting. I think it's more that Luke Cage's dad has talked about religion a lot. Right. Well, but he's but he's but in that context, him being a preacher's son and everything like that that's that's definitely fed into the story and the hypocrisy and like all this stuff. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's all it's all been in that story and I, I found that super interesting with as a the, preacher's kid with a hypocritical father. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry dad, love you. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. All right. Yep. Well, now that we've gotten to where I'm uh, publicly shaming my parents, we should probably move on to a different different episode. Uh, no. Uh, any? <laughs> what else? We got some feedback, right? Of cloak and dagger. Yeah. Yeah. Just scramble, scramble some more. I like this. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> all right. So uh, Jake Brooke has been hitting us up a lot about uh, about all these different episodes. Oh yeah. Th- by the way, I think Jake Brooke also became a patron. Thank you, Jake. Thank you, Jake. You rock. Uh, he says, Cloak and Dagger Season 2, Episode 5. Great episode. Felt like they may have been rushing a bit to start, 
but the build-up to the end twist worked beautifully. I gotta admit, I'm getting a little tired of Tandy manipulating Ty. I feel like a lot of her problems would solve themselves if she just trusted and communicated with him. I think these are all individual thoughts. Sure. As yeah, they, and I think, I think, I think that's probably true, but that's part of the story is she's very broken. She doesn't know how to openly communicate. And I think this, actually this, ep- this series of episodes has been her finally learning how much she trusts and cares about Ty. Like their relationship is, at least from her side, she is realizing how much she cares about him. That's, yep. that's what this, um, what are we calling this character? The 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 dream stealer or whatever. Oh, uh, you mean despair? Is that his name in the comics? Despair. Yeah. Despair. Neat. Okay. Yeah. D apostrophe spare. Despair. Uh, he is very. He's interesting to me. Um, but what he what after all the work he did, he had to realize that like the thing he could take away from Tandy was Ty to make her lose hope, and she like he represents hope to her, and that's huge. And I think yeah. that she, she's finally like giving the relationship the weight that it might deserve. I think it's really cool. Yep, yep. She's finally understanding that she can't just keep using him like that. Like she. Just, just count on him and, and trust him. Uh, Jake continues, uh, with a new one saying, again, great music with the lyrical nod to mayhem. God, the show is good. Alright, and then Cloak and Dagger season two, episode seven. Wow, this episode was a roller coaster. Really feel like this show deserves a lot of credit for not shying away from dark subjects such as abuse and sex, and sex trafficking. For a show that is supposedly geared towards a teenage audience, they handle these subjects with a nuance and honesty I appreciate. I was not expecting them to lean so heavily on the way these girls were being gaslighted, and Tandy basically being drug-raped while being fully conscious. Fuck, that was tough to watch. So I was right about Andre being a suave dementor. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but it was it was really interesting to see that mayhem could affect, I'm guessing, Ty's perception of reality by playing records. The final battle scene with both our heroes being full badass was amazing. More of that, please. Yeah, you know, I can really get behind that. That fight that Ty had against the guy in the in the courtyard or the you know in the parking lot or whatever of the, yeah. of the motel, where he used the the force of being thrown to like just teleport and just punch him in the face. Like, oh my god, it was so good. Like, yeah, when man. that happened, I audibly was just like, yes! I'm totally with you. Yeah, that, that, that fight scene was amazing. Her using her daggers to weaken the wall so she could break through it, that was awesome. <laughs> yes. That, that, that whole, that whole thing was great. And I definitely agree with Jake that the, um, the way they're handling these very heavy topics is just super nuanced, super good. And yeah, they're, they're not shying away at all. Like, she really did almost get raped in that episode and it was incredibly scary. Like I was very, very frightened in those moments. Uh, I didn't think they'd go there. Like the only thing that kept me from being like really, really disturbed was I was, I was meta watching the show going, Oh yeah, it's, this is not gonna, they're not going to let it happen. Yeah. It can't happen. They won't let it happen. Oh my God, it's happening. What are they doing? Yeah. Yeah. When, when the guy was walking in, I was like, Oh wow. This is this this guy's gonna get punched by Ty. This is gonna be great. Why isn't he getting punched by Ty? Ty, where are you? Ty, you gotta show up. And then when he put the money on the on the nightstand, I was like, Oh no, they're going there. Yeah, please no. It was really disturbing. And oh, the, and he mentions the gaslighting. Yeah, that that was really cool. And they, 
I almost wish the gaslighting hadn't been supernatural because this is a real thing that happens with cults. I, I had just gotten done watching a a cults and extreme religions special on Netflix and yeah. they were talking about a cult where basically this happened. These girls are just sort of gaslighted into believing that their only hope is to, you know, follow the rules of the the club and then they start being sex trafficked for all intents and purposes. And yeah, it was um uh, th- this was this was very accurate to that. It reminded me so much of that. I literally watched that and then watched this, and I was like, "Oh wow, this was very this this <laughs> afternoon had a theme." Um, <laughs> it's very very timely yeah. topic here, but it, it was it was uh, it was very pro- appropriate. But I almost wish they hadn't needed the uh, the supernatural element. But I guess you know it's a Marvel show. You want to have some sort of supernatural element, I guess. Yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, next up we had uh, some – oh, God. We had some some feedback from episode four uh, from Sherman Smith saying, why is Ty running with his mom when he could just teleport her away with him? I'm not sure which scene he's talking about, but I think that's the episode where he lost his powers, right? Yeah, that was when Tandy gave up her powers uh, in order to go into the mall – but her giving up her power, like when you when she flipped the coin over the token, it was her dagger and then cloak on the other side. Yeah, so, so they, they both her giving lost up her power got both of them. Unless unless we're thinking of a different scene, I'm pretty sure that's it, Sherman. Yeah, and that's that's absolutely a Papa Legba kind of thing to do. He's he's a bit of a trickster. Sure, yeah, you get, you could tell by the way they play him. He's he's a trickster. I really, yeah. I loved the him him loving candy thing. That was really fun. <laughs> I loved that he was just like <gasps> spearmint. It's real good. It's real good. <laughs> yep. Uh, let's see. And then uh, on Twitter we had cat rights. Today somebody said hashtag cloak and dagger doesn't look like a superhero show, and I was like, I know that's what makes it so great. But it is a superhero show. I mean, it really, really is. There's literally not one thing about Cloak and Dagger that isn't outstanding. Yeah. And then applause emoji. I, I agree. I agree, Kat. Yep. I think this is just the next evolution of superhero things. I mean, you can say something looks seems like a superhero thing, but really all you're saying is it is it is the thing you expect from a superhero thing but you know superhero shows have developed and changed over time and it's such a rich medium and and superpowers themselves are not restrictive like people often compare the superhero genre to westerns and they say that eventually superhero genre will end because just like westerns it will you know slow down to the point where we just had enough of them but I think it's different in that superheroes a lot more adaptable. A Western, you still kind of always have to be in a Western town with gunslingers. Like a Western has to look a certain way. But these are this is a superhero show, and it doesn't have to be a certain way. It can it can morph and change with the times and update itself. All it has to have is these powers, you know. Yeah, the only thing that makes it a superhero show is that somebody has a superpower or a super crazy amount of money and intelligence, um, which is a superpower. Let's be honest. Sure. <laughs> so when it's, when it's so easily adaptable to the world outside your window, it can, it can be anything. Like if you look at the Marvel cinematic universe in, in film, you've got 
uh, you've got like political thrillers and spy dramas and, uh, there was, there have been heist movies and almost romantic comedy heist movies. And then there's, you know, space operas and there's all these different genres of thing that have all existed within this same 22 movie spread. It's, it just, it just goes to show that the, the whole thing is like, it's an, it's a very open palette. They can do anything that they want with it. And I think that Cloak and Dagger as a show, is starting to also push that kind of boundary and and kind of go into being not just a superhero show or not just a teen drama but like it's a it's a drama that also involves superpowers. Yeah. Like the superpowers are are almost an afterthought, almost ancillary to the the drama story that they're telling. I totally agree. It, it's about a it's about a kid from a broken home and a kid from a great home that switch places. It's kind of got this trading places vibe. Like it's, it, it's telling a lot of different kinds of stories that have nothing to do with these people having superpowers. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the main thing in so many other superpowered things is, has always been, Hey, he's got a superpower. Look at that superpower, man. That's a superpower. What's he going to do with that superpower today? Yeah. And it's just not that here. To me, that's all the most boring parts of superhero shows. Uh, like, if if all it takes for you to win a battle is to fight better than the other guy or have a power the other guy doesn't have, I am not interested in your story. Like, I am interested in characters making choices. Yep. And And that's what we're getting on this show. It's characters making choices, good and bad. And, you know, developing over the course of the season. I'm, I'm really loving it. Yeah. Like, freaking uh, Adina, not Adina, Avita, making the choice in the moment to to go through a, uh, a Voodoo marriage to Baron Samdi out of nowhere just to save Ty. Because, because Tandy going in there was not enough to do, to do it. Yeah. She or wasn't was strong it, enough. Or was it or would it have been like... Did she, did she rush into that? Like, we don't know, but yeah, like. But she made that decision. Yeah. It's a huge decision and it will have r- ripples through the show. I mean, that, that ends their relationship as far as it seemed. The way she r- r- removed her hand when he reached out for her, I was like, oh man. Yep. And the way that she's avoiding him now. I guess these loas are into monogamy, you know? <laughs> oh man. Yeah. <laughs> like. They're tricksters and, you know, they, they play these games, but they are very strictly monogamous. That's what it seems like. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all our feedback. And that's a, that was a fun discussion of Cloak and Dagger. We are the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. We are at MCU cast on all the social medias, or you can call us at 573 cast MCU or find us at mcucast.com. Reach out to us all those places. If you want to hear any other things that I do, I am at the, Star Trek Universe Podcast, and soon to be the Orville Universe Podcast. And you can find my music at Matthew Carroll on all of the music streaming services, Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you listen to music. Thanks for hanging out with us. Peace. Until next time, true believers.